Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from Talk Sports. Well, it was a lot closer than anybody expected as Pakistan took two points against Afghanistan. Pakistan looked like they were going to throw victory away. But in the end, the Afghanistanis shot themselves in the foot to lose a game. All of England hoped they would win. It means England will almost certainly have to win their last two matches, starting with India in Birmingham. You will hear from both Pakistani and Afghanistan captains, and even updates from Lords, where Australia and New Zealand go head-to-head. You're listening to Following On. Well, two big matches taking place uh, in England today. Lords in London and uh, Headingley in Leeds. And whilst my body is very much in London. My mind at at several uh, times uh, today was very definitely in Leeds. Andrew McKenna was reporting on Afghanistan versus Pakistan. I, um, with my voice at 80% of what it should be, uh, watching New Zealand against Australia. That game actually continues as I speak. Um, But Maka, you were reporting on the game, uh, which had so much interest for anyone connected to England uh, cricket. And for a uh, few overs, it looked like Afghanistan were going to actually do England a huge favour until the captain got involved. Yeah, unfortunately, they probably should have won this one. I mean, 2.28 as a target in 50 overs. 
shouldn't have caused Pakistan any problems, uh, but they lost Fakhar to the second ball of the innings, LBW to Majib. Uh, I mean, he was stone-cold out, and uh, they actually reviewed that. So Pakistan lost their review right at the start of the innings, then have a bit of a, a, a rebirth, and uh, Imam and uh, Baba get to 36 and 45, respectively. But Nabi, who bowled brilliantly, 10 overs, 2 for 23, got shot of them. And then that seemed to put uh, a little bit of doubt in their mind. They then lost wickets in clumps, but the big moments, and there were a few big moments in this game, but arguably the biggest of them all, Gulbadeen, the skipper, bringing himself on to bowl the 46th over. Now, Imad was struggling to get the ball off the square to the spinners, but Gulbadeen brings himself on to bowl the 46th and goes for 18, and it, it kicked Imad into life, and uh, they managed to, to squeak home. It... <laughs> I'd like to think it was a decision made with, with the greater in, you know, the greater feeling of the team. He just felt it was the right decision. It was very noticeable, actually, how much Ashgar Afghan, the former captain, was involved in the decision making. He was doing a lot of the on-field general stuff uh, during the innings to help Gulbadine out. Gulbadine brought himself on though, and that over did change things. I, I mean, I've, I found it slightly. In slightly incredulous in some respects that Imad was actually named as the man of the match in the end yes he ended up with the highest score on the winning side but he was almost the reason they lost the game because he couldn't play the spinners um, but anyway he did get man of the match uh, but I tell you what John this was a real example of how you do not blow your reviews because Pakistan wasted theirs with that LBW that was stone cold Afghanistan went for one that pitched miles outside off stump, was hitting outside of off stump. I mean, it wouldn't have been out if there were two more sets of stumps. So they burned that one off. So both reviews were gone inside five overs. And then after that, um, Sahail was, should have been caught down the leg side off of Gulbadin, but Nigel Long didn't give it. He didn't hear the nick. Then um, Rashid had Imad absolutely stone-cold LBW, but they couldn't review it because they didn't have it. And then there were two other catching opportunities as uh, Shinwari dropped Safraz uh, on a court and bowl chance, a difficult one in fairness. And then Imad had a skyer. Uh, Afghan ran round and literally ran round the ball. Uh, he was running back and ended up running around in a circle. Well, there's four opportunities that um, could have changed this game and would have meant that Afghanistan would have recorded their first victory at this World Cup. So it's, it's not quite an ifs and ands job, but I'll tell you what, Afghanistan will be thinking this evening, that is the one. That's the World Cup win that's got away from them. And do you know what? I'm starting to think that Pakistan's name might be on this tournament. There's no way they should have been able to win this game. Maybe it is fate in 1992 and all that all over again. So... Poor captaincy, poor fielding, some poor bowling and poor batting and also some poor behaviour in the stands. We saw a little bit of a pitch invasion, didn't we, towards uh, after the game. Mohamed Nabi actually um, was prevented from getting back to the pavilion, I think, by one overzealous steward who obviously just thought he was wearing a replica top. Um, but also, less savoury scenes, there was some bottle throwing from some portions of the fans. There were some situations outside the ground. So, you know, the ICC are going to have to have a, a little look at that. It does also sound like it, one of those amazing games of cricket, which went one way, then the other, that kept you spellbound throughout. Yes, there was a lot of errors. I think there was a missed run out in the last over as well. But who would have thought that, eh? Pakistan versus Afghanistan, keeping us all on tenterhooks, especially when a week ago, everyone was saying it was a, sh it was a foregone conclusion. The top four then 
we're going to be the top four now. Um, unfortunately for England, the top three are going to be the top three then, the top three now. But uh, England in real, real trouble. And they've got to beat India at Edgbaston on Sunday on a track, uh, which you've got to think is going to offer some turn. And if it does, it's going to offer India plenty of assistance. Yeah, uh, I mean, from the way I understand it is, it is going to be a new pitch, not a used pitch at Edgbaston. But the way we saw the one turn the other day, you can't for the life of you think that one pitch is going to turn and then something that's about four foot away from it isn't going to turn. So you have to assume there's going to be something in it for the uh, for the Indian spinners. Um, but, you know, maybe it's cometh the hour, cometh the uh, uh, man time for Adil Rashid and maybe Moen Ali as well. Just on the off-field stuff um, at Edge, at Headingley, sorry, um, I'm led to believe that there was a problem outside the grounds which sort of started it off because there was actually um, a plane which flew with a banner uh, sort of flying behind it that had been um, chartered with a political statement. Now, obviously, Afghanistan and Pakistan neighbours, political tensions and all of that. So apparently it got a little bit um, naughty as a result of that. And the extent was apparently there were even um, Afghanistan fans climbing over the walls uh, to try and get into the ground, even sort of going through people's back gardens to try to get into the ground without tickets. As you say, that that is something that the ICC are going to have to have a look at. I mean, in fairness to them, there's not, there have been a few ticketing issues in this tournament, but there's not much you can do if people are rocking up and doing that, trying to get into a ground they don't have a ticket for. I think we were both at that game at the Maracanã, weren't we, in Brazil 2014 when the Chile fans or some of them stormed into the ground and then found themselves in the press box, um, which was some distance away from the actual stadium. And there was a, a few bemused journalists looking at some uh, red-clad Chilean fans. But, yeah, hopefully not too serious. Uh, the shouting that you might be able to pick up behind me, by the way, SEN. Uh, our friends in Melbourne doing the broadcast today from this game, Australia against New Zealand. And Martin Guptill has just been given out leg before wicket. Adam Collins and Jared Kimber getting very, very excited um, as Australia hit back. Um, going back to the game, though, uh, that you cover, Pakistan versus Afghanistan, let's hear from both captains, starting with the Afghanistani captain, Golbadi Naib, and then Safraz Ahmed, uh, who led Pakistan today. Uh, we fight really well, the boys uh, gave it as 100%, but in the end, again, we missed opportunity to win the match, but uh, credit goes to the Pakistan side, how do you utilise the uh, in the end, on how he control his nerves, so Ahmad played really well, and he and also credit goes to the Shadab, they rotate the strike, so I think we miss again. Yeah, absolutely. This is the third game that you've come closer winning, actually, so it's not been that bad a tournament for you. Yeah, obviously, if you're playing this kind of matches of this kind of team, so you can face a lot of this kind of situation, but but we, if you if you win the matches, so we will be slightly work harder and harder. And and if if you saw if you saw the matches, we lost at the end of the end of the inning. So we, if you win the matches, we improved in the end. Safras, I mean that cheer from the crowds can tell you that they're feeling because you're still very much in the race. thank you, Almighty Allah. I think first of all, thank you all of them. They cheer up all all the way from. Uh, in, in England, so thanks to them, and I think it, it is a great uh, win for us. Uh, it is not an easy pitch to bat on, but uh, credit goes to Imad. The way he batted, the way he handled the pressure, I think hats off to him. Safraz, this should have been a simpler run chase, uh, because you tend to make it so difficult at times, Pakistan team. 
you know, just basic cricket was required. Wickets in hand and should have been over the line. You got over the line, but it was you made it very tense for your fans and for everybody else. Yeah, it is right. You say it's very easy. You know, it's not a, we know it's not an easy tie. You know, pitch is, pitch is changing the behavior. I think their bowler used the condition very well. I think uh, we're going very well, especially Babar and Imam played really well. I think in the middle overs, we need a partnership. I think we didn't do it. But in the end, we finished well. But everyone is chipping. I think it's the teamwork today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, as you'd expect, uh, Golbadine, what can you say? I mean, he shouldn't have brought himself on to bowl. I was really surprised. I mean, OK, you can, you, we, can, we all make mistakes, don't we? He brought himself on to bowl. He went for 18. But he bowled the final over as well when you've got Shinwari, who's going at four and over. And if he'd done that with that final over, Afghanistan would have won. Plenty of anger on social media uh, for uh, Goldberdine's action actions today, but look, it's uh, it's England's own fault, isn't it? You should we should never be in this position where we're essentially hoping a team that has never won a World Cup game beat Pakistan. It's it's actually ridiculous that we've got to this stage. One thing I would say in Goldberdine's defence, John, and, and there isn't a great deal of it. Yes, he could have gone to Shinwari, um, who had two overs to spare, but. He, Part-time spinner is asking a lot. The problem was Hamid Hassan got injured after bowling two overs. Now, he was given the guard of honour from his teammates coming out onto the field uh, to uh, come onto the field for the bowling half of the game because he's gonna, this is his last game. He, he's decided to call it a day. And unfortunately, he ended up calling it a day slightly
slightly earlier than he planned. He bowled two overs for 13 and then had to go off because he did a hamstring. So I wonder if um, Hassan actually would have been bowling that over that um, Gulbadeen ended up bowling himself. Maybe he felt that the plan was always to have Seamus at the end. Therefore, I'm going to have to do it. On England, I think you're absolutely right. Um, this whole Johnny Bairstow, Michael Vaughan thing has is, is kind of... <sighs> It's got a bit confusing, and the, of course, the, the truth with so many of these things is actually both parties are right with a certain degree uh, of where they're coming from. For me, I, I've said this before, England's performance against Australia, I, I, I don't give, I, I don't sort of hammer them too much for that. They were completely stuffed by a world-class bowling performance. My issue with England was their performance at Headingley against Sri Lanka in that game. I didn't understand why a side that for the last two or three years has been so positive, has been so dominant, trying to almost bully the opposition, I didn't understand why they throttled back and almost got themselves into trouble. I, I, I still, to this day, can't work that one out. Uh, had they won that game, the Australian defeat, yes, it would have been disappointing, but it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be quite as um, potentially catastrophic as it might end up being. Well, look, there's plenty of talk about Pakistan pipping England for that uh, place, but I wouldn't rule out Bangladesh, you know. Um, they've been playing, I would say, better cricket consistently than Pakistan. They've got a big game against India, but um, could be a straight shootout between Bangladesh and Pakistan. We saw Pakistan buckle today. If it comes down to it, a winner-takes-all clash between Bangladesh and Pakistan, I'm backing the Tigers. Um, there has been some other action, and we're going to be talking about Australia and New Zealand very shortly. But TalkSport 2's Scott Taylor uh, has cast his eye over the World Cup, uh, away from uh, events at Headingley. Let's hear what he found out. Thanks very much, John. Yep, away from a bumper day of Cricket World Cup action. Here's what else is happening at the tournament. Well, Sri Lanka, they missed the opportunity to move level with England after a nine-wicket thrashing by South Africa at Chester Street. That defeat has significantly dented their hopes of reaching the World Cup semi-finals. And after unbeaten half-centuries from Faf Duplessis and Hashim Amla, eased South Africa to the victory target of just 204 runs with more than 12 overs to spare. Amla starred with an unbeaten 80 after struggling for form early in the tournament. And with his international career coming to an end... His captain, Duplessis, has said that only he will decide his own career. He said he wants to keep going. Um, so I see certainly great players um, almost planning their exit. Uh, so, you know, if Ash, is, if Ash is doing well and, and he still wants to play, then he'll keep playing. Meanwhile, away from the pitch in today's World Cup match between Pakistan and Afghanistan, fans have clashed and at least two people were evicted from the stadium after trouble broke out in the stands during play while police were also forced to separate fans outside ahead of the match. A plane also flew over the stadium showing a political message highlighting the uneasy relationship between the two countries. And looking ahead to Sunday's World Cup action now in England, they face a must-win game against unbeaten India at Edgbaston if they're to have any chance of making the knockout stages. Ahead of the game, India captain Virat Kohli admits he's been surprised by England's struggles at the Cricket World Cup. The pre-tournament favourites have suffered three defeats in seven games, including back-to-back losses against Sri Lanka and Australia, and Kohli says England have cracked under the pressure. We thought England is, is probably going to dominate in their own conditions, but you can't take anything for granted, and 
Yeah, it's it's the way it is right now. I mean, the other teams have have outplayed England on occasions, and that can happen to any side. And it is a bit surprising, but I expected something like that in the World Cup, where teams are going to be put under pressure. The England wicketkeeper batsman Joss Butler has been instrumental for the ODI side in recent years, but he isn't bothered if England were labelled the favourites before the tournament. Whether we're favourites or underdogs, is there going to be? Very hard matches, um, especially against teams like India, a, a great side um, who we know are, are brilliant. So the favourites and underdogs, I don't think means too much. I think for us, we need, we know we need to play better and we know we're capable of playing better uh, and we look forward to the challenge of, of facing a really strong Indian team. Despite a lot of pressure going into the game, the former England spinner Graham Swan told TalkSport 2 they're more than capable of winning this World Cup. England can beat absolutely every team in this World Cup. And as soon as they believe that and, and, and remember that, they will beat every team in the World Cup. And they've not stuck to their sort of ultra-aggressive, modernist attitude they've played with for two years. As soon as they get back to that, they'll beat anybody. One thing that will determine how far England will go in this tournament is the fitness of Jason Roy. The explosive opener missed the defeats against Sri Lanka and Australia with a hamstring injury, but England captain Owen Morgan's confirmed that he would like to recall his opening batsman for the crunch game at Edgbaston. Jason is preparing to play tomorrow, uh, providing he gets through to today's practice and tomorrow morning. Um, unscathed, we think that he might be fit to play. Good news for England if Roy does feature and the former England batsman Mark Butcher told TalkSport 2 that Roy's potential return to the side will be a huge boost to England. That would be hugely, yeah, hugely beneficial. Um, and, and England are obviously desperate to get him back in the side because the starts that, um, that he and Johnny Bairstow have, have given England um, have generally been good enough to win them games, you know, so that, that they've, they've missed that horribly. Well, ahead of the game, the England batsman Johnny Bairstow's claim that people are waiting for England to fail at this World Cup, with the former England captain Michael Vaughan saying such claims are negative and pathetic as the war of words between the pair continue. Bairstow gave an exclusive interview with Drive on Talk Sport and said criticism was always going to come when they started losing matches. Look, people will have their opinions on individuals, people will have their opinions on, on the side, but there's a reason why we've uh, been so successful over such a long period of time and that was always going to happen if you if we'd have lost a couple of games people would say that we're always going to use the term a bottle or this that, and the other well after announcing his retirement from first class cricket this week the former england opener marcus Trescoffic spoke with talk sport and says Bairstow's comments probably weren't the best idea. It's probably not very helpful at this point of their of their situation in the competition. From my experience, and this is not to say that it's right, but you know you tend to try and keep your head down when it's going tough and sort of get on and do the job and get everybody out of the way by performances on the pitch. That really sort of gets everything settled. England's biggest criticism so far is their failure to adapt to the pitches in this summer's World Cup. But all-rounder Ben Stokes is adamant they won't change their style despite criticism from the pundits and the former England players alike. It's easy to say that we've gone away from what we do, we need to do this, we need to do that, but you know that's what pundits say. Um, but you know, We're a team with, with massive belief in the change room and in terms of our method and what works best for us, um, and we won't shy away from that. So will England grab that crucial win over India in that must-win game at Edgbaston on Sunday, or will India hammer a nail into England's World Cup coffin? Be sure to listen to Sunday's following on podcast where they reflect on that game and look ahead to Sri Lanka against the West Indies. Big thanks to Scott Taylor there. Yeah, so we're in a bit of a strange situation here at Macca, aren't we? We're, we're putting together the podcast, but of course your game's finished, mine hasn't. New Zealand 44 for 2 chasing 244. I tell you what, I was at 
the game four years ago in Auckland when uh, Kane Williamson hit a six final ball what well, turned out to be the final ball of the match uh, with New Zealand nine down one of the best games of cricket I've ever seen ODI cricket um, do you know what we could be set for something similar here well, I mean, look, it was perfectly set up, wasn't it? Because 2-4-3 from Australia um, looks under par in the current climate. But, I mean, just talk me through what it was like, the early stages, because Finch and Warner have been unbelievable for Australia this tournament. They, they almost start their innings past 50, yet both of them back in the pavilion inside of 10 overs, and Steve Smith joins them shortly into the 12th. I mean, what, what was it like then? Well, it was a surprise in some regards. This is a used pitch, and it was obvious from the outset. The ball was sticking, it was two-paced, and immediately, with uh, New Zealand changing their tactics, bringing in a second spinner, opening the bowling with Colin de Granholm, um, it became apparent it wasn't going to be easy for batting. I think, actually, in a weird way, the most difficult time to bat in this match so far has been the first 20 overs. It's quite uh, unusual for that to, to occur. It seems to have flattened out slightly since then, although still... Uh, bowler-dominated match. Australia, though, who were 92 for five at one stage, and thanks to two of the best catches you will see all World Cup. If you haven't seen Martin Guptill's grab at Leg Gully, we'll do so. And shortly after that, check out Jimmy Neesham's catch, a sharp return uh, from his own bowling from Glenn Maxwell. Two absolute worldies. And at that point, Australia on the rack. And if it wasn't for some uncharacteristic fielding from New Zealand, Martin Guptill putting down Usman Khawaja went on noughts and also 35 and a, shot, a, a run out opportunity. Australia could have been bowled out for less than 200. The reason they didn't, well, those letos for Khawaja, he top scored with 88. But for me, it'd be interesting if Australia do win this game and the man of the match award goes to a batsman. For me, the best innings I've seen so far, bearing in mind, still got to see Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor, who are both at the crease at the moment, was Alex Carey. He seemed to be batting on a different track to everybody else. Looked a real touch of class, and it was his 105-run partnership with Kawaja that has given Australia a sniff. Uh, in reply, Berendorf, a bloke who was only supposed to be playing the last game, um, to give uh, Nathan Coulton a break and to switch things around so uh, Lyon could come in for his ampa. He plays again today and he's taken the first two wickets to fall. Got to ask you though about Usman Khawaja. He was the, the first of the, the hat trick from Trent Bolt. Congratulations to Trent Bolt. But Usman Khawaja, he might have been the top scorer but 88 from 129 balls. That's a strike rate of 68. Now, I know that Australia were in trouble, but is that strike rate, and that is pretty much a typical Usman Khawaja innings, is that strike rate good enough in a one-day international for the guy batting three? At, on this pitch, Macca, with five wickets down, yeah. You know, he, he it was the most un... Uh, characteristic innings from Kawaja who either looks terrible and gets out or looks like an absolute worldie and sticks around and scores big there's a drop at first slip has that gone down I think it was Williamson Nathan Lyon uh, tossing one outside off stump Williamson on a, almost with a crooked bat there uh, it went straight to first slip and uh, Steve Smith put it down. So there you go. There's another life for Williamson who's been terrific, but he's had some chances. Um, but going back to the point you're making about Kawaja, it's a really tricky pitch, a really tricky pitch. And Kawaja, I thought, batted very, very well because he stuck in and he battled the conditions and he did what Australia needed to do. Kerry at the other end just looked, as I say, class apart. 
Um, well, I'm just going to uh, tell you on that one. Before, uh, far be it from me to give an Australian um, an excuse and a way out, but that, I think, has brushed Alex Carey's gloves on the way through to Steve Smith, which is why Steve Smith has almost overrun that. He moved to his left, and it ended up almost hitting him in the throat. So I think it takes a little nick off of uh, Carey's gloves. I don't want to defend him because it's Australia and it's against the Kiwis and all of that, but I think we have to give him a little bit of mitigation. Yeah, fair dues. It sounds a bit like Stuart Broad um, when he edged to first slip. That's how everyone describes it. And he didn't walk. He didn't edge to first slip, did he? He edged to Brad Haddon behind the stumps and it cannoned off his, uh, th- off his pad and to first slip. Look, it's been a, a terrific knock here, Macca. At the end of the day, New Zealand need this more than Australia because Australia are already through. And, you know, the point you made at the top was a really good one. Australia need to know if they can win when they're top order doesn't fire when the top two don't score runs in the manner that we've seen for most of this tournament so we're going to find that out today but New Zealand they know they need to win today because if they don't it could come down to a straight knockout between them and England because of course if England uh, beat India then they can go above New Zealand with a win next week and there's still a chance um, that New Zealand might not actually make uh, uh, the semi-final stages. So plenty riding on this match. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But uh, your final thoughts um, ahead of that must-win clash for England against India? Well, I think it's very telling that England have said today, Jason Roy, they're they're hoping that he will play as long as he comes through the warm-up. That tells you how significant it is. That tells me they know it is now almost win or bust, both in terms of the tournament and Jason Roy's hamstring. James Vince, I'm afraid, hasn't made a convincing case to say to Jason Roy, no, you're not 100%. We're not going to uh, play you. So it, it's going to be really telling. It, it looks like England know the significance of this and therefore it is a massive, massive moment. Um, can Jason Roy come through that warm-up and just what state is that hamstring in? Brilliant stuff, Macca. Well, uh, Macca will be back reporting on some of the other games taking place this week on uh, TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Hopefully, uh, England will still be in the top four by the time Macca uh, puts the, uh, the cans and the microphone back on. But that's pretty much all we've got time for for following on uh, today. To never miss another episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow straight after England against India. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.